Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. The Best in the World Podcast with Richard Parr. There's something about speed skaters. You may remember a few weeks ago I spoke to Chad Hedrick, a former Olympic champion speed skater, and it was one of the shortest interviews we've had on The Best in the World with Richard Parr, but it was one of the best. And I've got another speed skater on the program for you this week, and it doesn't disappoint. Absolutely fantastic chat with the two-time Olympic champion, Joachim Oidahach. And yes, I've said that name wrong completely. And I try again when I speak to Joachim and I ask him if I've got that correct at all. And he says, no, you've got the first bit right, but you've got the second bit completely wrong. Uh, It's a very difficult name to pronounce, as you've probably seen when you've clicked the download button here. Maybe not if you're Dutch, you probably find it very easy. But for other people who aren't Dutch, it's a little bit tricky. But I've tried my best. Joachim, if you're listening to this, I apologize for that terrible pronunciation. But what I won't apologize for is having the conversation with you because it's one of the best we've had on the program. We learn a lot from Joachim. He's a two-time Olympic gold medalist. And when he won those gold medals, he also broke the world records. He became the first person in the 10,000 kilometers to speed skate under 13 minutes. And you'll hear in the conversation that he admits that he almost expected to do it based on the performance he did in the 5,000 metres earlier in those games in 2002 at Salt Lake City. And we talk a, a whole range of other topics as well. We, we get up to date with what he's up to now. and We talk a lot of things about sleep. We talk about having a balanced life. We talk about routine. We talk about diet. There is so much great knowledge on this programme with Joachim Oidehaar. I hope that I said that right. Anyway, we'll get to that conversation in just a moment, but I want to say about Audible. Audible is one of the leading suppliers of audiobooks in the world. They've got over 180,000 titles for you to choose from. 
And I personally use their service. I've listened to lots of audiobooks, and you could too for free for 30 days. All you've got to do is go to audibletrial.com forward slash best, and then you can get one free audiobook download. And all you've got to do, as I said, is go to audibletrial.com forward slash best to check it out. Let me know what you think. Send me a tweet, Richard at underscore par, if you check out their service. I love to know how you get on with it. I use it and I really enjoy it. All right, let's get to my conversation with Joachim Oidaha, the Olympic speed skating champion. He's next on The Best in the World. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. Joachim Oitaha, welcome to The Best in the World with Richard Parr, two-time speed skating champion. And my first question, Joachim, is did I say your name correctly? Uh, my first name is correctly. <laughs> it's Joachim Uitdehagen. But the, 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 my last name, Uitdehagen, is very difficult to pronounce, but... Oh, okay, yeah. It's only Jochen. <laughs> well, I, I got a little bit closer than I originally started with, uh, trying to look up a few uh, YouTube videos and Forvo for pronunciations. In fact, yeah. the the one previous guest we've had on The Best in the World, um, I, I, I couldn't, uh, from the Netherlands, uh, I couldn't pronounce qu- correctly either. Ellen Hoog. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah it, it, it was, it was, it was. hockey player, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, it was, it was pretty difficult. All right, well, we're going <laughs> to talk about your your life and your career, Joachim, and of course, we're going to talk about um, you becoming a two time Olympic champion and and Salt Lake City and all of that. But why don't yes. we begin with catching up with what you're up to now, please? Um, n- nowadays, I'm busy to try to people perform better, uh, especially in, in business, and um, to make them more sustainable performance. With the knowledge out of my uh, top sports career, I try to explain what I did right in my career, but also what I did wrong, and that it has to do with balance, and I try to help them how to fix their sleeping patterns, uh, how to work out their uh, nutrition programs, Stress management training, uh, focus, all these kinds of things. Yeah. Well, that's perfect because that's exactly what we talk about on the Best in the World with Richard Parr. So you're the perfect exactly, person yeah. <laughs> to, to have on the program. Uh, how, how did this kind of start? Because you you retired about ten years ago. So when did you come up with the idea of I actually want to give other people this amazing knowledge that I have? I think it was already during my career because uh, I realized that. I really believe in the fact that if people who are doing some exercising and live their life in the right way, that they're enjoying their life more and that they feel that they're, yeah, they're living a more richer life. That's what they call. And um, what I also find out is I quit in 2007 and it took me about two years to find my own rhythm. And after that two years, I was, I was not burned out, but I was, my batteries were totally empty. And there I find out that performing at the highest level is not only a physical part, but also a mental, emotional, and even spiritual part. And that main goal in life is to balance these four batteries of energy, uh, which is so called them. Um, and if you can fix that out for yourself, yeah, then you can be a sustainable high performer. So that's what we try to learn people. 
Mm, well, let's try and get a few of those details from you. Let, let's start with what you think you did right throughout your career, because you said you spoke about what you did right, what you did wrong. Let, let's go through yeah. that first, please. I think I think in the beginning that um, in the beginning of my speed skating career, it, it, it was my work, and what I tried to do is to stay close to myself and every time be honest to myself, have a uh, continuously look in the mirror and to see what I can improve my, uh, for myself. Uh, on nutrition base, on uh, materials, uh, in technique, uh, physical part in trainings, to make every part a little bit better. And I think that makes, especially I think the mental part, uh, I work with the mental trainer, uh, to, be a, yeah, to be prepared for the most important race of my life. Um, and I think there, there I made the, the, the biggest, uh, I, that was my biggest advantage uh, towards the other athletes. And if I look to the period in Salt Lake City in 2002, where I won my golden medals, and also in that same season, a world title and a European title and an Olympic silver medal, um, is it the fact that everything was totally balanced. And that's quite complex to keep it balanced, that's for sure. What are some of your tips to try and help keep it balanced? If I come close to myself, I think I will just start with the question every morning, how did you wake up? In effect, are you energized or are you tired? And if you're tired, the question is, why are you tired? Are you tired because of the things the riches are uh, in your agenda you don't like them or did you have a short sleep or did you even did you eat not so well the, the evening before so that, that could be the first question how do i wake up and then you can uh, even dig deeper if you want uh, to find the right answers mm. do you sleep well yeah yeah, a little bit, a little bit short, but I had some back problems at this moment, so mm. it's not as good as it was, uh, let's say, uh, three weeks ago. <laughs> oh, that's a shame. What happened to your back? Uh, I think it's a oh, not, not. I think no, it's a hernia. Oh, crikey! Uh, yeah, I can yeah. understand why you're not sleeping well there. Yeah, it hurts uh, a little bit, but as far as I'm uh, moving and exercising, then it's getting better, so that's positive. <laughs> So to, to get a good night's sleep, is this all about routine? Is it about going to bed at the same time? Is it making sure you don't eat certain foods before you sleep? Is it about making sure that you don't do exercise after a certain time? It's a combination of, of all these things you mentioned. Uh, of course, the body needs a specific rhythm. And normally it's about 10.30. That's the right moment to go to your bed. It has to do with the effect of uh, our hormones, melatonin in our body. But also um, with the fact that the average people need about seven and a half, eight hours of sleep every 24 hours. So if you calculate what time you uh, go, to, uh, uh, go out your bed, what time you went to bed, then you know already a lot of uh, information. And I think that's uh, what you mentioned also for uh, exercising. We know if you do some exercising late in the evening, uh, you can be maybe a little bit longer awake. Uh, but in general, if you do some exercises, it will help to, uh, to make your sleep better. And what you see, especially in business, uh, that people are uh, driving a little bit nuts throughout the day and don't take any breaks, uh, that these same people, when they're in their bed, they maybe will fall asleep. But if, as soon as they're awake, their brain starts to be getting hectic, and then they don't fall asleep anymore. So it's a combination of different kind of factors 
where you can improve your sleep. Also, uh, with your curtains to get less light into your sleeping room. Also, some small things which can help out to have better nights. Did you sleep well when the night before a competition? Um, mostly, yes. But honestly, if you have, or is, if it's really important to have a real good night in the, the last night before your competition, you're not prepared very well because you should be already totally, um, totally prepared for the competition a couple of days before. So the last night is not as important. But what I had, what I can remember, and I think some people will recognize it, that, yeah, of course, in the night before, I was dreaming about the fact that I was a little bit too late and that I couldn't make my race and I was running, but I couldn't make any speed anymore. And Can you imagine something? <laughs> mm, crikey, that sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, yeah, at this moment is a nightmare, of course. And then all of a sudden, finally, the coach came in and the, the alarm goes off and, okay, this is my day, now we're going to start. And, <sighs> Not, nothing was nothing was wrong. It was perfect. But yeah, that's something in in your brain is is already active and you're already preparing for the race. So yeah, that's quite normal. Uh, other than that, would you would you ever get stressed at all leading up to a race? Um, not really. In the fact that, of course, stress for me uh, sounds in general a little bit negative. Mm. But of course, you need some pressure. Uh, you need some arousal to, to perform. And no, w w when I was in a good shape, then I really feel a little bit tickling in my stomach. And I really like to, to start my race. And then I was in, in a perfect, uh, that, yeah, these were the perfect circumstances for me. Um, was it stress? No, not really. No, it's more kind of competition, uh, competition tension. Mm. That's quite positive, yeah. Was there anything you would do in particular before a race? Did you have any superstitions or rituals or certain routines? Um, I would say no, but I think my whole preparation is one routine. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and it's not superstitions, um, but in the fact that I think, yeah, about in the last 90 minutes, it was... I wrote it once down how I prepared uh, to my race, and I knew that uh, one hour, one and a half hour before the race, I went to the ice rink. Then I have a walk around the rink to see to see if something's changed. Then I uh, went on the bike or did some running. Then I took off, uh, put on my uh, speed skating suit. Then I get on the bike, do a warm up of six minutes, and sometimes with an, um, something for your lungs. How it's called such a machine. Kind of um, yeah, to, to 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 prepare your lungs with uh, with humility, and then I went off my bike, put my backpack, went to the ice rink, um, get on the ice, and that was mo mostly about 12, 30, 40 minutes before the start. Then I skated one lap, and then I put my my glasses on, and it was a kind of if I put my glasses on, I was locked out from the rest of of the ice ice rink. And then I did some laps and I went to the start. And oh yeah, there were different uh, small kind of things or routines uh, which helped me to um, to put the right focus on my performance, and that helped me quite well. Yeah. So effectively, once the glasses were on, you're in the zone, so to speak. 
I try to be in the zone, yeah. But it was also for me because in the, to be in the zone or to getting the flow, you never know if it will happen. But it helped me to say to myself, okay, if I put the glasses on, there's no disturbing anymore from outside me. And um, that, that helped me. So you'd never noticed kind of the roars of the crowd or anything like that? Oh, yeah, but it was that, that's something which is uh, a part of uh, skating competition. Mm. Uh, that that's quite normal and in that way I can use it in a positive way and what you see when, uh, especially during speed skating championships uh, at the moment you get on the ice all the old audience starts to yell well, then I just make one lap and uh, say hello to everybody and um, that's it and if you did one lap and then you put your glass on everybody understands that you now start to do your preparation so yeah I think it's a really nice way to do it for me, it worked out well, yeah. We're going to talk more about actual competition with Salt Lake City in particular in just a moment. We were we were talking about what you did right throughout your career. What do you think you did wrong throughout your career that you learned from? Um, that happened in the, in the years after Salt Lake because um, I copied my preparation for the Salt Lake Olympics a little bit to the Torino Olympics. But the one thing I forgot is that Besides my uh, all things about speed skating, that my personality also changed in a way that um, I was a skater, but I also had some other roles. I was a partner with my girlfriend, the son of my parents, the brother of uh, of Ingo, my brother, and all these different kind of roles. You should pay attention to it, and it takes energy out of it. And I was always focused as my role as a skater, and. There I find out that, and it, this um, knowledge came later, this came around 2009, that, um, yeah, let's say on, an, what, did, what did I do, and on Thursday evening when I was lying in my bed and uh, I was worrying about my speed skates, where, you know, going the right way into the corner. Now, what happens mostly if you're worrying and you're lying in your bed, you're not sleeping. Mm. And if you're not sleeping, you're not recovering. You're not recovering. And um, the next day you go to the ice, you do your laps, and what do most athletes do if it's not going quite well? They start to train more. And that is where it went wrong. Because training more will not give better performance. Most of the times, if athletes are performing not well, they are a little bit tired and they need more recovery. And that was what I find out later. And that's what I see nowadays with a lot of athletes that they making a lot of training hours but they're not getting better and you should ask yourself what happened then and you also see it in business with people who are quite busy they're making more hours longer hours skip the uh, skip the, the dinner going to bed more late wake up next morning put a cup of coffee in their mouth start to work again uh, getting tired making more uh, mistakes and on and on and on and on and um that's something you should be really aware of your own balance. Yeah. Mm. It's quite difficult. <laughs> yeah. So uh, effectively it's quality over quantity. Yeah. For, yeah. For sure. Yeah, for sure. And, um, now in, 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 I had it once that was on a, let's say in a Sunday afternoon that my girlfriend asked, come, uh, Jochen, we're going to do some shopping. It's nice weather. We're going, we're going to Hilversum, some place nearby. And I said, sorry, on my schedule is this afternoon should be rest. Yeah, physical rest. 
but what I've got is that it's always nice to go with your girlfriend out to do some shopping, sitting on a terrace, drinking a, a glass of water. And that can also be a really good recovery modus. Because mm, I guess it's it's a mental rest, isn't it? It's a mental reset from what you were thinking about. Exactly. You need a mental reset. You need an emotional reset. And maybe even the so-called spiritual reset. And for some people, spirituality is something which is quite fuzzy or something. But it is the reason why you're doing the things you're doing. So it's not really fuzzy that way. Mm. What about your spiritual side, Joachim? Yeah. Is there anything in particular you do spiritually? Um, no, in the way that I really try to stay close to myself and to ask why do I do what I do. Um, I think that's the, that's, that's the most easy question for myself. And for some people, um, they think that meditation or breathing exercises is a spiritual part, but I already know that is a physical part <laughs> because I know what happens. So in that way, that, that that's also what I do during my trainings and my, and my, and my motivational speaking to explain people that um, people who are busy with meditation or mindfulness that's nothing which is physically at all or what what should be spiritual. It's something physical on which will help out your body to keep in to stay in balance. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online you'll experience the all-new Cerebral Way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 
the best in the world podcast with Richard Parr. More from Joachim in just a moment, but I want to tell you about Sportachino. Sportachino is the network that The Best in the World with Richard Parr is now a part of. They've also got a wrestling show. It comes out every single Wednesday. They've got amazing guests. So far, they've had people such as Rockstar Spuds, Al Snow, and John Morrison all on the program, plus... I am your host and I'm not afraid to give you some of my strong opinions when it comes to WWE, Impact, Ring of Honor and everything else that is going on in the wacky world of professional wrestling. Check us out. It's every Wednesday. We put out a show at 3 p.m. British Standard Time and we're at sportachino.com. We're on YouTube, we're on Facebook and we're on Periscope. We're absolutely everywhere for our wrestling show on Sportachino. And of course, the best of the world with Rich Part is also at sportachino.com. All right, that's enough about them. Let's return to the conversation with Joachim Oydahach. The best in the world podcast with Richard Parr. Give us an idea of what you would eat while you were competing, Joachim. Oh, yeah, that's, that's not quite difficult. Um, because speed skating, it's a really, yeah, it's not a sprint, but the longest distance I did was uh, 13 minutes. So what's, what's, what's important for us a normal uh, human being is the same for an athlete, that uh, I need my carbohydrates and I need my proteins and my fats throughout my dinners. And um, what I did in um, German training, and honestly, I think that the knowledge about nutrition in sports changed a little bit the last, let's say, 10, 12, 15 years. But I also, I have my, my, my own uh, meaning is that don't make it too difficult that way. Because we know if you do some uh, training where you need your muscles a lot, you need some extra uh, proteins. Uh, but in general, you need your uh, all your vitamins, your nutritions, and the right amount of carbohydrates and uh, proteins. So I don't want to make it a kind of rocket science that way. But it should be natural and uh, and clean. That's what I know for sure. And the less sugar it is, the better it is. But sometimes, yeah. A little bit cheaper is it's okay, especially if you start to train uh, during the day. Mm. Was there one particular vice that you had when it came to sugar? Um, no, I would I would say uh, don't use too much artificial sugar. But I think my mind, uh, my opinion on nutrition changed already the last ten years after I quit. Um, I think uh, I was uh, I was good in my nutrition. But in a general way, not real uh, sophisticated or uh, not complex, easy, just normal foods. And of course, a lot of pastas, uh, a lot of carbohydrates. And I think, I think that, that should also something or it would also be something which I would change nowadays if, was, if I was still an athlete. Oh, oh okay. What, what would you have then, if, if not the pasta? What would you replace it with? Uh, I think we're more more vegetables and more maybe more uh, or potatoes or something more natural. Mm. It's interesting. We've had two Olympic swimmers on the program, uh, Rebecca Sony and Stephanie Rice, won yeah. multiple gold medals between them. And interestingly, since they've both retired, they've both become vegan. 
and they actually feel like they've got a lot more energy um, through uh, yeah. eating more vegetables. It's, yeah. it's, it's quite interesting how that's happened. You see, if an athlete uh, quit their career, the most knowledge comes maybe one, two, three years, uh, one, two, or maybe three years after the end of their career. And this knowledge is used for the other athletes. Mm. Yeah. That, that's, yeah. Yeah. Passing on that information. Yeah. So let's talk about 2002. Uh, not only two gold medals, but two world records. Um, yeah. Was that your target when you went into the games to break world records or was it just to no. win? Not at all. Not at all. And honestly, um, I wasn't, no, I was not thinking about it even because um, the only thing I would like to do there is to escape my best races so far. And um, for, let's say, the 5,000 meters, that um, was the first distance in the, uh, in the speed skating championship, um, I, I, I knew that I could skate almost, yeah, maybe 10, 11, 29 laps, 29 second laps. So that was my main goal, to skate as much 29 as I could do. Um, I never calculated what should be the final result. Because it was not important for me. <laughs> I, 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 I stayed very close to myself. And um, so when it came over the finish, I was a little bit surprised. Uh, that was a world record at that moment. And for the 10,000 meters, that was, yeah, for me, it was a kind of calculation. Because normally in speed skating, what I did, uh, if I had a 5,000 meters, I did my 5,000 meters twice plus 30 seconds. So for me, I skated 6.14, uh, 44, uh, twice is 12, uh, 28, uh, 88, plus 30 seconds is 12, um, 58, uh, 88. That's below 30 minutes. And there were a lot of people who were surprised. Oh, he's going to break the, the, the 30 minutes bar barrier. But that was something I knew before I started that it should be possible, just because of my general <laughs> calculation. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's 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 real nice to break a uh, a barrier that way. Yeah. Yeah, because I was going to ask after you got that first gold and that first world record, I, I wondered whether you would almost put more pressure on yourself going into the other races. But it sounds like it actually made you more confident for the ten thousand meters. Yeah, of course. Yeah, or not? Maybe not. Of course, but for me, it helped because. The main goal for me during the Olympics was when I started to make the best performance I could do. I was not the, the biggest candidate to win the medal. And there were other people uh, who just yeah, screwed their race. They, they were world champion, leading world champion on the 5,000 meters. And it was Bob de Jong. He was, I think, at the end, 28 or 30 in the ranking. He just, he just exploded. And in his head, for sure. And um, so I was just doing my race. And after I won my golden medal, I was already so satisfied that I said to myself, okay, I'm a European champion all around. That's what I became in January. I've got a golden medal. So everything which is extra, make it even better. But I'm already really satisfied. So the pressure was totally gone. Mm -hmm. And that's what also, yeah, it brought me also the silver medal on the 1500 meters. And Maybe, yeah, there was not a little bit pressure on 10,000 meters, but I was really looking forward to it to, uh, to, to start because I, I knew that I could win another gold medal. 
but first uh, you should do your thing and that's just getting uh, 25 laps are you pleased with the silver medal you got yeah yeah really yeah 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 for sure because i'm not a 1500 meter specialist and i was i think i was the fourth dutch skater who was qualified so i was not the big candidate for for for, for medal over there uh, but my shape was perfect <laughs> that's for sure and um i think i ra- i raised my race almost perfectly in the way that maybe i lost one tenth or two tenths in a second uh, in the second lap but this uh, uh, really good american derek para who won the golden medal um he was about six tenths of a second faster than i was mm. so i could never win a golden medal that day and I'm, I'm really satisfied with myself. Yeah, for sure. And then you beat him in the 10,000 anyway, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But the funny <laughs> part was that um, he won the silver medal on the 5,000 meters. So we were together on the podium. Then uh, I had gold. He had silver. Then he won the 1,500 meter. I won silver. So we were together on the podium again. And the 10,000 meters, we started together. <laughs> <laughs> and I think he followed me. Maybe he even was leading the first three, four, or five laps, then I passed. I've never seen him again on the 10,000 meters. But <laughs> it was nice. And it's, um, we had a lot of fun uh, during the Olympics. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not a friend of mine, but I know for sure even when I'm in the USA and I call him, uh, we have a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. Oh, fantastic. Was there anyone else you had a similar kind of competitive rivalry or was there anyone in particular you kind of looked towards saying this is the person I need to beat or this is the person I need to match their performance with? No, not really. No, I was always uh, uh, putting my focus on my own uh, performance. And there were some skaters which I really liked or uh, what it was fun to race against. Uh, I liked to race against Peter Anderson, a Norwegian guy, um, but no, not in general. It, it, speed skating is that way it's quite easy because you just have to beat the time. And to beat the time, you have to schedule your best race. Mm. Mm. You mentioned there about for Dutch skaters doing well. In particular, the Netherlands is known for being very successful at speed skating. What in particular do you think it is about the infrastructure that, that continually produces top quality speed skaters from your country? Uh, I think it's, of course, the infrastructure. We, we have, I think, about 14 400 meter uh, ice rinks. So, Everybody here in the Netherlands, within 45 minutes, they can skate. Mm. Um, and it's a little bit uh, in our culture that speed skating is part of it. Um, sometimes when there is ice, uh, natural ice, everybody went out on, on the canals and on the lakes to skate. And also, I think what will help is that if you get some good athletes who uh, perform really well, who are on the television, who can earn some money, that yeah, you're also kind of role model for these uh, children. And I think that will help. And yeah, but I think the main reason that um, there are a lot of people who start to skate. But what you can see, what you can see also, that there are more different kind of sports coming. The, 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 the youth, it's growing slower nowadays. I think it's even less than, let's say, 15 years ago. So we also see that it's, it's getting worse here. Oh, so what, what needs to improve then? Um, I think the, the, the talent development is getting better. 
because the talents who are getting uh, more, or there are more talents nowadays uh, with a higher level. But I think if you see the, uh, the, the youth who is skating, the total amount of, of youth skaters is, 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 is getting smaller. But I think that, that has just to do with all the uh, different kind of other sports you can do. And what should you change? I would say it's just a kind of uh, working of the market. And uh, maybe you go to do some, uh, some roller skating, maybe do some free running, uh, do some dancing. Yeah, the world is changing that way. Mm, okay. And do any of the up-and-coming skaters turn to you for advice? And is there anything in particular you, you tell them? Um, sometimes, yeah. Sometimes they, 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 they are listening to my advice. Uh, also, older skaters. And I think the main thing to um, what they can learn is if you doubt about your performance, uh, just say stop to yourself for a couple of days uh, and don't get uh, don't start to train harder, but take some rest. Most of the times that will work out and don't yeah, don't be afraid to do a little bit less sometimes because especially speed skating, it's a real technical sport. And if you're tired, your technique is, is worse and or less, uh, less good. And you need all these um, coordination. You really need it. So take a little bit rest and do something else and get on, get on the ice again after a week. And you'll see what happens. And yeah, but, but most athletes think that you just have to go to train harder and harder and harder. But that's not the right way. Mm, they need to train smarter. Your comments been exactly, yeah. It's been really good to talk to you on today's program. Just before you go, why don't you let us know how we can find you on social media or online so we can continue to follow uh, your journey and all of the great knowledge that you have, please. Now, uh, this is quite difficult maybe to pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll write it down and everyone will know how to find it properly afterwards, yeah. so don't worry. No, I've, I've got a Twitter account on Uitdehagen. Uh, <laughs> And I've got a Facebook account on the same name. I think if you put my name at the Hafe uh, on uh, on Google, you will find everything directly. At the Hafe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, I've got an own company. It's called the Uitdaging, and that means it's a translation in English. It will be the challenge. Okay. And but if you write down my name and you make it a little bit different, it's yeah, it's the same pronunciation as uh, experience in Dutch or challenge in Dutch. Uh, sorry. So it's maybe a joke, but it makes it even more complex to write my net. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it's been really good to talk to you. Thank you so much for giving us all of this great knowledge. Thank you for being on the program and thank you for being the best in the world. Okay. See you. Thank you. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. Wonderful chat with Joachim. As I mentioned at the start of the show, one of my favorite podcasts is with another speed skater. It's with Chad Hedrick. Maybe go back and listen to that. You can listen to it at acast.com forward slash best. Or if you're listening to this on iTunes, you can just scroll back a few weeks and you will find that podcast. And I've been lucky enough to have some amazing conversations with other Olympic and world champions. Maybe you want to listen to the swimming champion, Stephanie Rice. I enjoyed that conversation with her. Maybe you want to listen to the water polo player, K.K. Clark. That's a really fun conversation. We've also had chats with Gary Hunt, the cliff diving world champion. 
There's so much great content and I don't want you to miss a second of it. So click that subscribe button on iTunes, give us a rating and review and that'll mean you will never miss a second of knowledge from these amazing athletes. And I've got another world champion, Olympic champion, world record holder, world number one next week on The Best in the World with Richard Parr. You do not want to miss it, but until then, I hope you have a wonderful week. Goodbye. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.